Okay, people, you ready for a new episode of Chamber this week? That's right, we've got five films in part one. Yes, a two-part and part two is one must be missed, all right? So, let us start as we do with the UK box office top ten for the weekend to the seventh of Okay, so at number 10, we've got Jurassic World Dominion. I always want to say domination, Dominion. All right, so this is from Colin Trevorrow. Um, he wrote it with Emily Carmichael. Um, and it's starring Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Laura Dern, Samuel Jeff Goldblum, the wonderful wise. And right at number nine, people, we have got Prima Classic. Right, it's a National Theatre Live production. You know, right? At number eight, we've got another one of those cinema screenings of events. This time it's Westlife, live from one of the stadiums. At number seven, we've got where the crawdads Right, so this is Olivia Newman directing, um, and it's written by Lucy. Alibar, that is an adaptation of the book of the same name from the Right, and we've got Daisy Jones, Jeremy Bill Hunt, Harris Dickinson, Taylor Jones Smith, Joe Jones, David Strangham, Eric Ladin, Hannah O'Reilly. John Hamm, Miles Teller, Ed Harris, Lena Luisa Kelly, Glenn Powell, Raymond Lee, Monica Barbaro, Louis Foreman, Danny Romero, Jake Dickens, and Jake Ellis. Elvis is at number five, people. The new Baz Luhrmann joint. He co-wrote it with Sam Gromer and Craig With Tom Hanks, Aston Butler, Olivia De Jong. Um, Darcy Montgomery, David Willem, Cody Smith-McPhee, Kelvin Harrison Jr., you know what I mean? All them man doing their thing. All right, at number four, we covered it last week. Right, it is Tahiki Watiti's new 
MCU adventure, right? Killing it. He co-wrote it with Jennifer Caitlin Robinson. It is for Love and Thunder. Right. About my oh, hey, hey. My chain this is, is South Bronx. It's Ragnarok on steroids. That's what this is, baby. Chris Hensworth, Watiti, Chris Pat, Natalie Portman, Melissa McCarthy, Christian Bale, Karen Gillan, Bradley Cooper, Samuel, Matt Damon, Tessa Thompson. Man. Russell uh, sorry, well, voice cast, Steve Carell, Alan Michelle Yu, Julie Andrews, Russell Brand, Jean-Claude Van Dom, Dolph Lohan, Danny Trey, Lucy Lomas, Birmingham, Rizza, oh, Steve Coogan, this voice cast is fresh. And number two, baby. It's DC League of Super Pets. We the real niggas. I from Jared Stern and Sam Levin. Stern comes right through John Whittington. And we got voices of Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Vanessa Bayer, Diego Luna, John Clancy, Mark Maron, Kate McKinney, Keanu Reeves, another voice cast, and our number one David and it is written by Jack and it's based on a book from Qatar right uh, yeah uh, Brad Pitt, Joey King Karen Brian Terry Bad Bunny, pushing the Okay, people, let's get things popping with Monster Hunter. Okay, people, so we're going to start off things with, um, you know, going back to 2020, right? There was a film called Monster Hunter that came out and I think I don't have a lot of people talking about it, right? I was 
It's a little intrigued. It's a little intrigued to what type of film this would be. Right, there's a book series called Monster Hunter, which is, I mean, it started off a little bit like, hmm, kind of interesting. But it did fall into the trap of being mad, predictable, stereotype, just all of that shit, right? Um, which I, so I tapped out. <laughs> but I think this is actually based on a Capcom video game uh, series. Um, but I don't know, I don't watch, I don't play video games, man. So I have, I have no clue how reflective of the game this is right if if it really is like oh shit they did this and they brought that to life and i have no clue people i have no clue now it is directed by paul w s anderson and anderson right i hate a lot of the films he's made <laughs> I hate like the first Resident Evil wasn't too bad, right? I like Michelle Rodriguez, she was in it. Um, it got hokey, but it was okay. The one film which I just love Event Horizon, Event Horizon, and I watch Event Horizon and I just think, how the fuck did this dude? then go on to make like these really bad films <laughs> Pompeii, The Three Musketeers, all the other Resident Evil films. They're just, oh, I mean, listen, I will say, right, they are popular films, you know what I mean? So I, I they're not for me, but hey, a load of people love those films. So, you know what I mean? There is that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't really resonate with his stuff. But, yeah, he he wrote the film as well as directing it. You know what I mean? It is produced by himself, Dennis Baraddy, Jeremy Bolt, um, Genevieve Hoffmeyer, Robert Kulzer, Martin Moskovich. It is executive produced by Hiro Matsuzuka, Edward Chung, Howard Chen. Uh, it is associate produced by Kanem Fujuka. Um, it is light. Oh, and also Ryuzu Tasajumuto. And line produced by Donovan Roberts Baxter. Music is from Paul Hazlinger. Uh, cinematography is Glenn McPherson. It is edited by Doobie White. Casting is Tamara Lee Notcott. It is um, production design is Edward Thomas. Um, art direction is Guy Potgita. Cecilia Van Stratton and Mark Walker. Uh, set direction is Tracy Perkins. Costume design is Daniel Knox. Um, all the hair and makeup is 
from Chiel Green, Rhett Hayward, Kimberly Lever, Anik Chavez, Nino Raymond Shongui, Kerry Skelton, Natasha Strawick, and Jessica Vassi. Production management is Calvin Awood and Scott Strauss. Now, our cast. Obviously, right? Paul W.S. Anderson. He makes a film. His wife stars in it. <laughs> I mean, it always happens. Right? So, yes, Mila Djokovic is um, Captain Artemis. Captain Natalie Artemis. We have then got um, T.I., right? Oh, T.I. is up in the film. Um, he plays a character called uh, Lincoln. Um, Megan Good is a character called Dash. Um... Josh Hellman is Steeler. Uh, Diego Bonetta is Marshall. So these are all members of um, Artemis's Ranger team. You know what I mean? Um, we then have got... Hunter, played by Tony Jaa, right, and he's part of Ron Perlman, the Admiral, his group, right, and in this, I think there's Axe, played by Jin Woo-young, um, Handler, played by Hirona Yamazuki, um, Hmm. Yeah, it all gets a little confusing, right? There's there's a load of people up in there, and you're like, ah, oh, is this who is this person? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's round about it. There's a it's a load of people doing stuff, and you don't really know who they are, right? But they're there. Uh, there's Aiden played by. Janet Shawman, um, Leah, played by Nanda Costa, Rock, played by Nick Rosenti. Um, you got Shalina Bennett, Bart Fuchs, Pope Gerard, Aaron Belner, Paul Hampshire, Clyde Burning. Um, they're all in there uh, as kind of soldiers and the whatnot. But the gist of the film is this. While on a peril-laden mission to track a missing team of soldiers, hard as nails, U.S. Army Ranger Captain Natalie Armas and her elite brothers-in-arms find themselves transported to an alternative universe. They're trapped in a barren desert world rife with formidable adversaries and subterranean sand-dwelling beasts. For the first time, Captain Artemis and her squad are shocked to discover 
that their otherwise destructive military weapons are now entirely inadequate to take down the enemy. But unexpectedly, in their desperate battle for survival, the team stumbles upon a mysterious local huntsman whose superior combat skills allow him to stay one step ahead of the mighty creatures. Is there an escape from the prison realm? Above all, what does it take to become a fearless monster hunter? Bum, bum, bum. Um, I mean, right? Kind of hokey. Kind of hokey. And I, I, you know what? This film, I, I, boy, <laughs> boy. Oh, I very much struggled with this. But I had to come back to this film several times because I just was like, you know, I just had to throw my hands up and be like, no, <laughs> like, no, I cannot, I cannot do this. And then I was like, okay, I better, I should finish it. I should finish it. Maybe it gets better, right? Maybe it gets, I don't know. <laughs> but yo, oh my gosh, this is so crazy right so at the beginning we get these flying ships flying kind of pirate ships like going through sand and all of this and we have it then just take anchor and everyone's like bah, 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 bah. then they get attacked by this monster right and you you get this whole oh wait what's happening this monster's attacking and you're just kind of thinking Wait, you would know that there's these monsters that live in this thing. Like, what the fuck? Like, they're at, because they know what the monster is. That's the crazy thing. It's just like, oh no, it's one of these. So it's just like, you know, it lives there. So why the fuck are you just parking up? Like, you know what I mean? You're in straight safety. Do you know what I mean? You, I don't understand if they parked up. And they're like, okay, we've got to monitor. We have to be careful. If there's any signs of this thing, and we've got to get out of it. But there's none of that, right? They act all shocked, but then they're like, oh, it's this monster. And you're just like, what? <laughs> so you get all of that. Then we're with Artemis and her group. And it's, I don't know, man. I just, you don't buy Djokovic as an RV captain. Right, the, she's talking to the troops, and there's a few scenes where it's meant to be like these inspiring talks, and it's just like, no, <laughs> you just don't buy it, right? You do not buy. The crazy thing is, as well, right? She's kind of talk. She kind of talks at the beginning, and it's really like soft voice. Okay, so yeah, troops, we gotta go, and we gotta go and do. Oh, this guy, oh, all right, oh, you know, and just all this bullshit. Then later in the film, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna. And she, she like, develops this whole gravel weirdness to the voice, and it's just like, what? <laughs> it's so weird, so weird. But you have these army people doing this thing. But they're in a desert, right? In a desert. No one's breaking a sweat, 
right? Then when it all goes crazy, no one's dirty or really cut and blooded or, right? It, it, it's just like, huh? What's happening here? Right? You have people freaking out, but you're just like, wait, they would have faced all of this. I don't know if they're acting like this. You know, it's all a bit weird. And to be honest with you, the whole army sequence kind of stuff, you feel like it's not really needed. Because this film, it goes from one thing to the next, right? But it feels really disjointed in these two kind of aspects of what it is. Right? It's very, it's very peculiar. But yeah, they're trying to kill this monster. Now, one weird thing is they've got these weapons which aren't working, but they've got this other weapon which no one seems to be like, hold on, why don't we just use the... And then once it's all gone to hell, it's just like, oh, let's use that. And you're just like, wait, wouldn't that have been your first fucking idea when you realise a bullet ain't doing shit, right? Also, they're going willy-nilly with just the way they're firing, not thinking, hold on, we're in a new world. We we have a limited supply, right? There's no thought of right. We better kind of ration what we're doing. We better be conscious of this. It's very peculiar. I mean, just the way they got transported to that world through this kind of sandstorm, which just it's not really a sand. It's like some thunder weird. It's a weird thing. But when it appears, they're like, huh? What's that? Not that shouldn't be here, this is weird, let's go. They're just standing there going, huh, that's peculiar, isn't it? We don't really see those, maybe it's a weapon. And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> you just be like, it could be a weapon. You'd be like, no. Like, you would have known. <laughs> yeah, there would have definitely been word that, hold on, we feel that, you know what I mean? Um, Al-Qaeda, like whoever, are developing this weapon, right? That, like, everyone would have known, right? The fact being like, oh, it could be, he'd be like, no, no, it couldn't. What the fuck are you talking about? That's just ridiculous. But yeah, they're standing there watching it for a long ass time before then they're like, let's go, <laughs> right? But they're going and they see these things in the sand and straight away, someone's just like, oh, I think those things will transport someone to, and we say, whoa, 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 that is your first idea, not they are maybe ruins from a building, right, there are some religious structures, or, right, there's all these other things that you'd think, someone think, oh, maybe it's that, but to be like, I think they're alien devices that transport people like, <laughs> okay, okay, what the fuck? Where did, where did that come from? You know what I mean? It's so bizarre. So fucking bizarre, you know what I mean? But, so you have all of that. They're in this world, 
trying to do a thing. And we see something happen to Artemis. Right? We see this thing. We hear noises. So then what we see, like, you're just like, how does that happen then? Right? If we saw that, how is this happening? Right? It doesn't doesn't make any sense. There's things that happen that you think like, wait, what? You know what I mean? We, we see Tony Jar's character helping them, but then he gets into a fight with Artemis, and you're just like, wait, what's happening here? This makes no sense. Why would those two fight if he's been helping them all this time? You know what I mean? The the fact that that you're, his character's got these like a huge bow and arrow. You're just like, why? <laughs> like, what's the purpose of this? You're just the size of the weapon. You're just like, hmm, okay. Seems weird, right? But yeah, that fight. The first fight that you know the hunter and Artemis have makes no sense, especially after everything we've seen her go through. Her supposed busted up ankle. You're like, what is this fight? This fight makes like it's insane. You have people f flying through the air, smashing into things, but then just picking themselves up and kind of, you're just like, huh? But after all of this, after all of this, still not really dirty, right? Not really cut up. You you just think, what is happening? <laughs> no sweat. Like Ah, oh, it's so bizarre. It is it, so bizarre. You look, I'm watching this film and I'm just like, wait, they they watch the reddies. They watch the reddies after each day, and they were just like, that, that my friend, is spot on. Oh, we killed that scene. <laughs> oh, it's, oh man, it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. But yeah, all of this stuff goes on. You have the whole um, try food from my world, which, like, what? You mean introducing sugar to someone's diet who hasn't eaten that shit? You'd be like, they'd be ill. Like, they'd be super ill. Like, what are we what are we trying to say here? Right, that makes no sense. Makes no sense. And the the thing with like the character designs and everything, it like all these hunters, it felt like Final Fantasy knockoffs. <laughs> That's what it it really felt like. Like I'm looking at Rod per Rod Perman and going, "That's a real bad wig. That's a real bad fucking wig." It's so, uh, is is mind blowing. It is mind blowing. Out of nowhere, suddenly the the weapons light on fire. 
right? You just like, well, how did that, where did that come from? <laughs> There's just so much in this film, but you're just scratching your head, like, what? And automatic, they know things like, oh, that's a portal to this world. And, oh, yeah, that, obviously, the, the, you know, that tower does this thing and this does this. And you're just like, how would you all know this shit, right? It is straight bizarre, right? The way the film ends, it's clear they are looking to make more, right? They, they look, which, you know, it's a huge game series. So, yeah, there, there's a lot to base it on. Though, this, I mean, it's a very thin story. <laughs> so I don't know what else there is to say about this universe because, you know, this felt like it was a, a struggle to kind of think of something that would tie everything together. So I don't know what the fuck they would do in the second one. You know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of bizarre. It's kind of bizarre. But yeah, I guess if you enjoy... Well, I, you know what? If you enjoy Anderson's Resident Evil films, then this probably... You know, work for if you enjoy like Alien v Predator, you know what I mean? It, like this, this will be your thing. If you liked those remakes of Clash of the Titans, I feel this will this will work for you. You know what I mean? If you like those films that are straight to Sci-Fi Channel, then Monster Hunters people is your jam <laughs> so i watched this on now tv but i think you can get it on like most vod's you know what i mean you can definitely buy it on apple and amazon all of that but uh yeah people anderson does it again <laughs> does it again i'm I'm, you know, I'm hoping you can get back to that event horizon days. I don't know, man. I do not know. I, I scratch my head. It's, I really do. I'm just like, what? Like, what's the, what's the motivation? Do are they even trying anymore? You know what I mean? But hey, not for me, but they're definitely for people. So people, monster hunter. It is out there. It is out there. So, Kyle, speak to you. Okay, so next is Godzilla. Okay, so, you know, this is another revisit. Well, not revisit, it's going back. Right, because we didn't look at it the first time, but people, right? So I was, I've been meaning to check it out and I haven't. So yeah, I decided to watch Godzilla v Kong. Yes. So, right, this was, I think I was, um, yeah, I, I think I, I was helping out at Sci Fi London when this dropped. And there's a lot of people talking about it, you know what I mean? And so I wondered, 
right? It, I think it originally dropped, what, March 2021, so last year. Um, and, yeah, so it was interesting because I, I, to be honest, right, the I watched the original Godzilla with Matthew Godric, which was horrible. Um, and I watched... Uh, oh, God damn it. My man, um, he did Annihilation, right? Homies uh, one, which was... Meh, I mean, it was all... It was kind of flat, right? I tried to watch Godzilla King of the Monsters, and it just irritated me. <laughs> just the, like, it's the whole kids element of it. Never makes any sense, right? So I didn't. But, here's the big but, but, I like Kong Island. You know what I mean? So because I like Con Island, I was like, yo, let me let me give this one a go. Right? So it is directed by Adam Wingard. So it says the story is by Terry Rossio, Michael Doggerty, and Zach Shields. And the screenplay is from Eric Pearson and Max Borenstein. Okay, so it is then produced by uh, Thomas Tull, Brian Rogers, Mary Parent, Eric McLeod, John Jasney, Alex Garcia, Alex Garland. Yeah, that, that was the name I was trying to remember earlier. Alex Garland. Anyway, <laughs> it is co-produced by Matt Alsop, uh, Jennifer Conroy, Richard Mushk, and Tamara Watts-Kent. Is executive produced by Kinji Okahira. Dan Lin, Roy Lee, Herbert W. James, Yoshimitsu Banu, and Jay Ashenfelter. A line produced by Chen Onchu. Um, and associate produced by Zach Klein. Okay, so music is from Junkie XL, aka Tom Hulkenberger. Uh, cinematography was Ben Sirison. It is edited by Josh Schaffer. Casting was Sarah Finn. Production design is Tom Hammock and Owen Patterson. Uh, we've got set decoration, Robert, Rebecca Cohen and Ronald R. Reese. Costume design is Anne Foley. Okay, so then we got art direction, Bill Booth, Mitch Cass, Andres Kubilian, Richard Hobbs, A. Todd Holland, Michelle McGay, 
Jim Millett, Harry E. Otto, Greg Papalilia, Dawn Swiderski, Stella Vaccaro, and Peter Wyborn. And our cast. Well, right, we have got uh, Nathan Lind, who is played by Alexander Skarsgård. We have got um, Bernie Hayes, played by Brian Tyree Henry. Um, We've got Mark Russell, played by Carl Chandler. His daughter, Madison, is played by Millie Bobby Brown. Um, there's Irene Andrews, played by Rebecca Hall, right? Yeah, she's got a daughter, a girl she looks after called Gia, Gia played by Kaylee Hotel. Um, there is then, um, Josh, Madison's friend, played by Julian Dennison. Uh, we've got Walter Simmons, played by Demian Bichea, his daughter, Maya, is played by Elsa Gonzalez. Um, Adver- uh, Admiral Willicks is played by Hakim K. Kazim. Um, Jay Wayne is played by Ronnie Chang. Um, hmm. Um, Hayworth is played by Daniel Nielsen. Uh, kind of feel that's probably um this Gil Gilliman played by Lance Reddick. Um, Ben Saroywa played by Sean Ugori. They're probably our main peoples, right? Now the gist of the flick is this, okay? So, legends collide as Godzilla and Kong, the two most powerful forces of nature, clash on the big screen in a spectacular battle for the ages. As a squadron embarks on a perilous mission into fantastic, uncharted terrain, unearthing clues to the Titans' very origins and mankind's survival, a conspiracy threatens to wipe the creatures, both good and bad, from the face of Earth forever. Oh my God. So yeah, that's kind of the gist, right? Now, there's a lot going on in this film. There's a lot going on. And there's a lot that didn't necessarily make any sense to me. Now, I don't know, right, what, kind of transpires 
in God, King of the Monsters. God, King of the Monsters? <laughs> Maybe God is a monster. Who knows, right? Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, right? Because there's a lot that happens in this, and you're just like, where the fuck did that come from? Right? Like, Kong Monster Skull Island, it ends, he's still on the island, right? In this one, he's in this facility, right? He's in this big facility. And you're just like, when, when did that happen? How did that happen? You know, there's a lot of shit there. Yeah, very, uh, very odd, right? Some very odd shit. Then the whole Gia thing, Right, this little deaf girl that all, all felt a little random. Like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff that made. And then when you look at the technology they've got, right, that they can keep Kong in this facility, which has these big kind of IMAX type of screens to make it feel like and look like it's a world, right? That's a major tech. Where did that come from? Who the fuck knows, right? It's all very odd. All very odd, right? That the whole underground tunnel going from, uh, fuck, I forget where in the States, New York, maybe, San Francisco, but to Hong Kong. <laughs> like, what was that? What would and also right if you're getting on one of those things because it, it essentially it feels a bit like the hyperloop that Elon Musk is talking about, right? But here's the rub a human wouldn't be able to handle that sort of chi force. So technically, those people that sneaked up on that thing should be splatterooski on the other side. You know what I mean? You're just like, wait, how is this um, happening? Then you've got the ships that go to Hollow Earth, right? And it, the thing that I thought was kind of weird with that, right? Because you get um, Skarsgård's character and Gonzalez's character a, a bag, and she's like, what's this? He's like, for the sick. And you're just like, wait, hold on. Lind is just a scientist. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So how the fuck has, does, like, he hasn't gone through any, you know, high G training or anything like that. So it's just like, How's homie know that he's not going to be sick? You know what I'm saying? Like, they all should be, because none of them would be used to those sort of Gs, you know? Or maybe those weird, stupid-ass suits they're wearing. <laughs> Which are just like, wait, what? what are these? What are these weird suits you're wearing? Because, you know, they don't look like space suits. They just look like some bad 80s attire. So uh, are they meant to, you know, I mean, stop the forces or something? Who, who knows, right? There's a lot of random shit up in this film that I'm just like, 
have I missed something? Like, was this shit explained in King of the Monsters? Because otherwise, all feels super random. Just like, uh, let's throw this sequence in there. Oh, you know what? This could work. Let's do this. You know, it did seem like a lot of that, right? Because you have Tyree Henry's character doing this podcast, right? Where he's talking mad wreck. Like, I'm going undercover. Yo, I've got this information and I've got this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, listen, we all know you say certain things about certain companies and you're getting warnings on social media. Like, you know what I mean? Shit's getting pulled. You know what I mean? Like, YouTube would take your videos down. So, the fact that this guy has this podcast, right, which you feel, oh, let's throw a podcast in because they're on trend right now. You know what I mean? But we have this, and it's like, oh, no one, supposedly no one is trying to shut that down, right? They're just letting that go. If he's meant to be there spouting all these top secrets, saying he's undercover in the company and just all of that, and no one's doing a thing? Hmm. Weird, right? And then you've got the whole thing of, if they are, no one can find him apart from these two kids, right? Oh, these two kids are the ones that fight. Like, what? See, and that's why a lot of times these I can't connect with these films. Because they do goofy shit, right? Like, oh, a little girl is the only one that can really connect with Kong. Hmm. Okay. Right? And then two kids are the only ones that can track down this. And you're just like, Wait, what? Like, we we saying that adults are just not smart enough to be able to do this. It's, it's some ludicrous shit. Some ludicrous shit. Kids be mad temperamental, right? Adults, hey, dealing with grown-up motherfuckers can be a thing, right? Dealing with kids, hormones, no experience, Comfy, super, super temperamental. I mean, look at fucking Greta Thunberg, right? Just like, I'm not talking to that person. I don't like that person, right? Pretty dumb. So, you read, they, they show kids in the, these things like, oh, yeah, they, they'd handle this perfectly, and they do. Be like, no, this little girl in the real world would be, you know what, fucking Claire, that cunt, she was rude to me the other day. Oh, come on, go fuck her up, right? You'd be, oh, Billy, I sent him a valentine. He ignored me. Go squash that cunt. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what you'd be getting with little kids doing this shit, controlling this shit. Hey. Anyway, that's a little tangent, right? Let's get back to the film. Uh, right, so, yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit going on. Like, it seems to jump from one thing to the next thing. 
you know, we, we, we have these people from Apex go to the doctor and be like, oh, we want you to do this thing. And then you get the doctor being like, oh, I'll do it, right? And you just think to yourself, right? How many times have we seen this situation, right? Like this doctor, I'm sure he watches TV. He watches films. He reads books, right? Listens to the radio, whatever. So it's not like he would never have heard, you know, the times that people get messed around and lied to and screwed over and just all of this. So the fact he's like, oh, yeah, I won't ask you any questions. I'll just follow blindly into doing this thing. Let's go. Where you're just like, what? <laughs> and then just the, the ease in which you'd be like, I won't let you use Kong. Oh, okay, you can use Kong. <laughs> and the way they transport him, you're just like, surely there's an easier, there's an easier way. But it's the whole, oh no, Kong, we're with you. We're on your side. We're only putting you in chains because we're trying to protect you. <laughs> in this film, Kong has basically got a mad case of Stockholm. Uh, is it Stockholm disease? What's the one where you like become friends with your captives? Hmm. I think that's Stockholm, right? I feel it is. It's not Copenhagen. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he's got that for sure. Because it's not like they are being super nice to Kong, putting him in chains and just dragging him across the city, just all of that kind of shit. You do wonder as well, how they get him in the net, right? How do they get him in the net to get like what? <laughs> What's going on? There's all right stuff that you kind of roll your eyes at, you know, like Kong going, oh, an axe. Hmm, yeah, I know what that is. It's an axe. I'm going to use an axe now. <laughs> or, oh, the axe fits in this thing. Let's do, you're just like, it's random, right? How, how would someone just automatically go, Oh, that's what that is. Let me do that thing. <laughs> it, 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 we get that thing in this, right? Which you see across the board in so many films where you have people running around doing stuff, but their hair never messed up, right? They never get sweaty or dirty or, you know, it's just like, Huh? Right? You have friends, and you're just wondering, why are these two friends? Right? Madison and Josh. Why are those two friends? Like, why are they hanging together? Right? It's a, it's a weird combination. Yeah, I ain't like, and she's just like, oh, I'm taking your bag. Oh, I'm doing this. He's just like, oh, look, look, look. And you're just like, huh? I mean, the Josh character is some pointless shit. Right? It's just... Let's throw a fat kid in there as like some comic relief or something. It, it is, you just wonder why? Like, why is this happening? 
Now, there is a lot of action, people. If you just want a something to just turn off to, right? Watch all these crazy fights and explosions. Yeah, this is you. This is you. I did wonder to myself, though, right? Kong, he's got T-Rex arms. So I don't know if Kong is throwing all these big punches. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's happening. It's all a bit, it's all a bit weird. But it went down. But yeah, it's out there, people, on all your favourite VODs. You can watch it on Prime, on Now TV. So, people, if you can turn off to all the crazy, then I'm sure you're going to enjoy If you enjoyed all the other Godzilla films, right, I'm sure you will enjoy this one. All right, so Godzilla, be Kong, it's out there. It's weird. Next up, people, we've got a documentary, and it's called Amazing. Okay, so we look at Maisie, right? So this is the feature directorial debut from Lee Cooper. Um, Lee also uh, produces a film along with Deborah Ashton. It's executive produced by Lisa Marie Russo. Uh, cinematography is Sam Parsons. It's edited by Gareth Lang. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Sam Parsons also helps with editorial. Um, effects of Daniel Grasscamp. Sound is Shane Gravestock. Music is Mona Music, uh, Shervin Edgezi and Alison Mancourt. Uh, and the film, well, it is starring uh, Maisie Trollette, aka David Raven, um, Darcel 15, um. Okay, Walter, I forget the surname. Uh, Paulo Grady is in it. I mean, at the very end. I, I don't know if I'd be like, Paulo Grady is in the film, but hey-ho, it's a name, right? <laughs> now, the, um, the gist of the film is this. After 50 long years in the business, Mr. David Raven is still shaking his sequins as a Maisie Trollette, Britain's oldest working drag artist. David's 85th uh, birthday is fast approaching and a special birthday performance has been arranged in UK's capital of Camp Brighton. At 87, Walter Cole, Cole, that's it. Walter Cole is the Guinness Book of Records oldest performing drag queen. 
in the world and he is flying over from Portland, USA to meet David for the very first time. But professional rivalry soon flare between Britain's feisty pantomime dame and America's regal pageant queen. And as his birthday grows nearer, David must deal with the unique challenges that performing in your 80s can bring. David has recently been diagnosed with health issues and the surprise birthday event only adds to his growing anxiety. But ever the professional, Maisie gives the performance of a lifetime as she looks back on half a century of entertaining. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Right? So it's featuring Broadway classics such as Ladies of Tramp, One, and If I Never Sing Another Song. Maisie's hilarious, heartwarming, and often heartbreaking peek into the world of a character more colourful than his gowns. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, right? There, there's some, there's stuff in there that's a bit like, there didn't really seem any rivalry or stuff between Walter and David, right? It, I mean, it all seemed a little forced. Because you do, because, you know, was there really a reason for Walter to come over? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, personalities and stuff. Walter doesn't drink. So when they went out, you know, for afternoon tea, David's drinking, you know. But other than that, they, yeah, it's not really because, you know, when they're performing, right, like all the other performances, people say things, but it's not, you know, it's part of the performance. So I don't believe, it didn't, you wouldn't have thought, oh, there's some heatedness between the two of them. That just seems a random thing to throw out there. You know what I mean? But, hey, Lee has a, a statement about the film. Right, so he said, there are many amazing coming out stories committed to film, but how often do we get to see the other end of the tale? I wanted to explore what it means to be queer in our twilight years. Over the course of three years, I was fortunate to be granted unique access into the colourful world of both David Raven and Maisie as he prepared for his 85th birthday with all the challenges that can bring. The, the first cut was a very different film. The life of rather, the life of rather than a day in the life of. But the fashion art director in me became obsessed with the intimate detail. His use of an old Brillo pad to apply his foundation. The soiled old tights he uses as a wig cap. I soon realized that the voiceovers and anecdotes were detracting from the real story. Instead, I wanted to capture the beauty of old age, the drama that can be found in watching an old man 
struggle to get into a pair of glitter heels. Old age is not sexy, and the LGBTQ older community in particular don't want to talk about it. But who will look after us when we are older, if we don't have children or are estranged from our families at a younger age? Hopefully we have created a story that transcends the LGBT community and is ultimately an inspirational look at the life of a remarkable individual. So there you go. Now, I will say, like, hmm, right, I don't really know if we got the sense of why, right? We're, we're looking at David, and he's doing all of this, and he often says, I'm not a drag queen, I'm a drag artist, but there's no explanation of what he sees as the difference between the two. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, if, okay, so you're not a drag queen. So what is different about being a drag artist, right? We don't get that. At times I did wonder as well, is he really happy? Because, God damn. These old dudes are not the nicest, right? When Walter is over with his daughter, right? And we see David with um, a gentleman that helps him. And yeah, they're, they're not very nice to these people. Not very nice at all. And you, you're kind of like, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? You know, these people are helping you out and you're being just, Shitty. Uh, like you, you, you think he'd been doing it for all these years, but he's still putting his dresses in a, a Sainsbury's bag. You just think you, you can get suit bags, right? You can get wig bags, right? What? Just get something. You know, why aren't you more organized? What? What the fuck? It, it, it was an. It was a strange. Peace. Because, yeah, we, we get this, but we don't really see when it's like, oh, you know, we want the film to transcend the LGBT community. We don't really see him interacting with anyone else. You know, like we, we don't really see him with other, like to see have other friends, you know, what are his interests out of performing, I don't even know, right? We do not go into that at all. We just see him with these other drag queens, like, moaning and talking. You know, it's just like, what else is there? You know, he... he yeah, he's, he's, he's like, well, when I'm out of drag, I'm David. But then he's always like, oh, men's clothes. So you're just like, oh, so do you normally wear, you know, the drag? Like, what's it? We don't know. Like, this, we don't get anything really explained, right? Now, it would have been interesting to get the question of, 
how is it you don't update your songs, right? Because there's the material that Maisie sings is really old material. And so you kind of think to yourself, with the people going to the show now, will they know these songs? Right? And there's knowing the songs and enjoying the songs. That's a whole different thing. Right? So you think, okay, is there the option to add anything new? Like, why don't you add anything? Like, we don't know. Now, there, there is one part of this where they we just see him leave his house, stumble down the road, and then he's in a bar, right? The, the, the Queen's Arms. And you've got the owner. I think the owner was called John. Right, and so they're talking with John, and he's like, "Oh, I can." And on the wall are pictures of all these different drag queens, right? And then he's just John's like, "Oh, I consider them all my friends, all my friends." Which, yeah, like this when people do that shit, you kind of think, mm, "Do they consider you their friends, though?" Right? Because he he says that, then. He's critiquing them all, right? And the shit he says about Maisie, you're just like, what? You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, last year she did this many performances here. This year, and then it's just like, I, whoa, hmm, I don't know if she's got any bookings. I'd have to, and it's just like, you know, right? You know if she's got bookings or not, right? Because otherwise, why even, you know, start that conversation? Why say that shit? Like, it seems like you're saying it to just be like, I think Maisie is shit, right? That's essentially what John was doing. It's great. Like, it was John's just like, oh, yeah, the song's not great. She can hardly do an hour. It's a struggle, right? Doing just three songs is a struggle. And you're just like, John, I thought you said that these people were your friends. What the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? And it, it, it just seemed an odd piece to leave in the film. There's, you know, like, the fact that we aren't really getting other people talk on the acts, right? We don't get anyone really talking about any of these acts. You have the other drag performers, but no one else is like, yeah, this act is this, and these people do this, and blah, blah, blah. No, we don't get that. So it's just like, why would you leave John in there? Because John seems... Like, he got issues. You know what I mean? It's like, John don't like Maisie. And John's throwing mad shade. <coughs> so, yeah, that was peculiar. That was very peculiar. Um, we see a lot of half-dressed old people, which, boy, <laughs> I don't know if anyone needs to see that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, yo, what? 
I think at the very end of the documentary, right, you, you get all of this blurb, like, oh, David performed with these people, and blah, blah, blah. And you do kind of feel all of that could have been in the actual piece, right? And it didn't have to just be text that appears. You could have had him just talk about, like, some of this shit. So I thought that was a weird choice, you know? Yeah, it's because you know he, he Lee in his statement, right? He's saying that he he wanted it to be a day of life rather the life of, but it's just like the day in the life. It, it was a little bit strange because we get it broken up, right? So they're going um Monday, two p.m. And it's like Saturday, 6 p.m. And sometimes you're jumping in between time, right? So you show the beginning of a performance and then it's the lead up to that performance and another bit and then more of the lead up to. But we're jumping around in times going Saturday, Friday, Tuesday. But there's not, it's not like Tuesday, the 15th of, right? Because and it's just like Saturday, but Saturday when? Like it doesn't really matter, you know what I mean? Like it was an odd choice to try and frame the film like that. It's just like, well, unless you're saying because you know it's not like you're like, oh, we don't want to date the film because we know it's coming up to his 85th birthday, so the film is dated within that. So you can say the year. You know what I mean? If someone really wants to try and work it, you can work it out, right? So it's, yeah, there's some odd choices. Odd choices. It's hard to really know how Lee is as a director from this. So I think we need to see more from him to try and really see the voice, right? The, the, the way he kind of structures and puts things together um no i i would imagine right people that are interested with the whole drag scene right um what, there was a film at flair so i think make me a king something like that right i i think if you enjoyed that you would enjoy amazing right there was a film in flair a few years ago about a drag act which again, I think if you like that, um, something darling, right? Yeah, my memory's so bad, people. But yeah, I mean, if you enjoy a film around drag, this could be very interesting for you. But yeah, I would have liked a, you know some more information to really add the context to why is David doing this, right? Why are these other people doing this? Because, you know, some people are doing drag, but they don't have actually ladies' names. So it's just like, okay, that's that's an interesting choice. What What's that about? You know, we don't get it explained. Like, even, it would have been like to Walter, Darcel 15. Where's, how did that come about? Right, well, who's the 15? Is, is that 
I don't know. Is it based on something? But who knows? But it would have been good to get this sort of context. You know what I mean? But look, it is what it is. It's out there. You know, if you want to see Maisie, boom, it's in the cinemas, it's on the iPlayer. You can, yeah, you can check it out. You can check it out, people. You know, if you want a little drag in your life, well, you could get it with me. Okay, up next, people, it is a new indie film, Witches. Right? Ah, it is called King Ice. Okay, so we have a new witch-related film out called King Knight. To be honest with you, I have no clue why it's called that. I, yeah, I obviously... I, maybe it's to do with the tarot cards, but... Yeah, I have no clue why it's called King Knight. I may have missed something. I don't even know, man. I don't know, right? It is written and directed by Richard Bates Jr. You know, it is um, produced by uh, Bates Jr., Robert Hing Hingenbotham, and Colin Tanner. It is executive produced by Britt Delilio, uh, Lee Poindexter, and Shane Chef. And it is associate produced by Angela Sarafan, J. Gary Guba, and Josh Fadham. Okay, music is handled by Steve Damstra the second. Cinematography is Shanheem Seth again. Uh, Britt Delelio edits the film. Um, casting was by Bates Jr. Lee Poindexter handles production design. Art direction is Cassie Lopez. Set decoration was Grace Sorrow. Costume design is Adriana Lambari and Anthony Tran. Um, yeah, makeup tattoos that was Erin Blin, Cassandra Byers, and Matt Diamond. And our cast. Well. We have Fawn, who is played by Matthew Gray Gubbler. We have his life partner, Willow, played by Angela Sarafan. We've got Percival, played by Andy Milanakis. Then there's Rowena, played by Kate Kuma. Neptune, played by Josh Fadang. Desmond, played by Johnny Pemberton. Angus, played by Nelson Franklin. Echo, played by Emily Chang. There's Grant, played by Ronnie Jean Blevins. Alexandra is played by Sawati Kapila. 
Uh, Nicholas, played by Shane Brady. Uh, yeah, there are our main look. Oh, Merlin, played by Ray Wise. Um, I think that, I, yeah, I kind of feel that that's the main lot of people. Um, and the gist of the film is this. Fawn and Willow appear to have it all as the revered high priest and priestess of a coven of New Age witches. But a secret from Fawn's past throws their lives into turmoil and sends them on a trippy, hilarious journey. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I didn't really know what to expect with this, right? The, the UK poster is like, you know what I mean? These people wearing white linen in stupid poses. So you think, okay, so is this not taking itself seriously, right? It's all a little tongue-in-cheek and all of that. But I think we, you know, the film open, we see them dancing around, doing rituals and things like that, right? Now, it's definitely, it's like um, what we did in The Shadows, right? It is trying to do that. Oh, like, be like, ah, look, we're being crazy. We're being silly. Look at us. But I think the thing with this is it just feels a little bit forced. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, th I think you could definitely tell the story. And, it, it, you know, it could definitely work. But I just think that a lot of this was like there is a scene when they're talking about um is it julie i think it's juliana julian Benosh. Ju oh, is it juliana Benosh? julian Benosh? julian Benosh? so you know I mean, the Benosh, right the french actress and they're talking about her and like oh it's always like oh well everyone's got poo in their bum and it's just like, oh, Benoche has got poo in her bum? Not her. Oh, I can't believe. And it was just like, okay. Okay. Can we stop? Right? It, it was just, uh, you know, because it's just like, oh, let's say poo in a bum. Right? That's kind of crazy. That's silly. And it's just like, if we repeat it multiple times, then, oh, you know, everyone's going to be laughing their heads off. It was just like, oh, it's a, you know, just a little bit too much, right? Because I think this kind of thing, it works with comedic timing. And the timing just isn't there on a lot of these wannabe jokes, you know? I say that, though, right? And that this just might be me. You know what I mean? I think other people could be just on the floor, be like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. How people they talk about poo in the bum. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm sure there's people that love that scene. I do not. Right? I yeah, it just didn't. and then just a lot of the other stuff, right? You you had, I don't know, all of these 
weird guys dating these hot chicks, right? And it was a bit like, ah. Uh, he, he was just thinking, all right, why are these chicks dating these dudes? And then just, yeah, it's, it's an odd. It's definitely odd. <laughs> I definitely thought it was odd. We have, have some weird kind of effects with the camera as well, right? Because everyone looks a little bit sunken, right? It's, it's these weird effects that have been utilised. And, yeah, a lot of times the guys look real sunken. Like, the girls don't. You know what I mean? They all look fine. But the guys... Yeah, I don't know if it's with makeup or the side, but yeah, their faces just look crazy sunken. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Like, I will point out, there's a scene in the toilets. Fung doesn't wash his hands. Doesn't wash his hands. He goes straight to combing his hair. And you're just like, I mean... We, we, so he's not using gel? Right, he, he decided to use something else. I mean, what's happening here? It, it was, uh, yeah, that's interesting, right? Now, all of this, right, it, it's leading up to this big thing at the very end, and you just I kind of felt that it, it should have ended like Little Miss Sunshine, right? Little Miss, oh my, how great was Little Miss Sunshine? Just that whole build-up. She's going to do a dance. It's a dancing competition. We think she can win. And then when we see that you're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so great, right? And you kind of thought, oh, this needed that. You know what I mean? This needed that. But it just doesn't, doesn't really deliver. You know, like... There's a, a choice of them doing this thing at the very end. And you're just like, wait, what? Out in, I just don't buy it. Right? It, it doesn't make any, because you're just thinking, they didn't need, they could have gone to a back room. Like, there's so many different things. Like, why there and then? You know, it, it's not explained. Right? So you're just like, I don't buy that these characters are going to do that. Just don't buy it, you know? Also, he, people walk into a room with a sword. You're telling me that the, the people there aren't just going to be running? Like, there's a crazy person with a sword? You know, they ain't seen this dude for a long time. So you just be like, what? No one does. And he's just like, yeah, this is peculiar. This is peculiar. Yeah. It is, you know, dude goes on a, a hike. Well, a hike? Would you call it a hike? Let's just say a hike, right? No dirt on the clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? No dirt on him. No sweat. No, you know what I mean? No look of fatigue. He's just like, wait. What do we, there's clearly... The way it's shot, you're kind of like, he must have been out here for at least a few days. At least a few days. So, you're in the way it's all depicted, just like, what? What is, what is going on? Huh, this makes no sense. You know what I mean? 
but yeah, it, it's this whole coven thing, and we don't really get a sense of what they do in this coven, like why they're all together, right? It's just kind of the stuff that I think if we'd known, it could have really helped flesh this film out, you know. For me, anyway, that's that's kind of how I'm kind of thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like, it could it could be more. I was hoping for more, and we just don't really get that follow through. Don't really get that follow through. It's a hell of a shame. Hell of a shame. But there you go. Now you kind of feel that they wanna set it up for a part. Do I do you know what I mean? Like you feel that's how they're setting the end, but it's still not it just didn't feel compelling enough. You know what I mean? I don't know. I may be too harsh here. Maybe I'm being too harsh. But people, you can find out for yourselves, right? Film is now out, right? You can pick it up on your, all your favorite VODs. You know, so yeah, if you want some witch coven action, action, knight, king knight, yeah, that could be for you. It's a lot of story that is very predictable. You know, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. And what they say is a bit when someone's like, oh, I'm making this confession. But you're like, okay, if you're making that confession, then what blow? You know what I mean? Like it's just you surely you would have someone be like, this is a, this is the case. Now you might think, what why did I well it's simple because we don't get that. We don't get that. I have no clue why. Right? Sometimes you, you might get too close to a project. So maybe Bates Jr. You know, maybe be directed and he wrote. So maybe it's just like it could have done with a little separation. Someone else maybe looking at the text and being like, you know what, let's take that out and we can add that. Maybe, maybe. But people, it's on VOD right now. So if you feel you want some King Knight action, then uh, yeah, you've got choices. You have got choices. And let's end part one with the latest entry in the Predator franchise. It is called Okay, so Prey is now out. And God Damn, this is a really good film. It's a really good film. You know what I mean? It's uh, you know, a predator prequel, right? It's a predator prequel, and I think one of the big things about this, when you look at the films, you know, in like also eighty-seven Predator, that was. So freaking good, right? So freaking good. 
you we then get you know, some stuff that just doesn't quite hit. Doesn't quite hit. You know, everything's a little bit disappointing, which is a real shame. It's a real shame. But, well, I have to say, right, the idea of Predators, I think that was, I believe Predators was the Shane Black version, you know, where um, they kidnap the people and they do all the thing, right? I, that's what I think. Um, now, that was, that was definitely had some interesting stuff. Definitely had some interesting stuff about it. But, yeah, there was a lot of things that just didn't... No, actually, I think the Predator was a Shane Black one. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Promising doesn't quite hit it. But, you know what I mean? We get this. We get this. And, yeah. It's it's crazy. This one is just pretty crazy, right? It is directed by um, ugh, trying to pronounce these names, man. <laughs> Dan Trachenberg, right? I think that's how you say it. Which this is only second feature, right? Which is crazy because in my head I feel he'd done uh, quite a few things, yeah. But yeah, this is his only his second feature after Ten Cloverfield Lane. Now he's directed what The Boys, he's done The Lost Symbol, he's done Black Mirror. But yeah, this is his only second feature film, and boy, so he created this story with Patrick. Asian, um, Asian wrote the screenplay. The film is produced by um, John Davis, Marty P. Ewing, uh, Jan Myers. It is executive produced by Mark Tuberoff, John Thomas. Jim Thomas, Ben Rosenblatt, Lawrence Gordon, and associate produced by Tyson Brewer. Music is handled by Sarah Schuckner. Uh, cinematography is Jeff Cutter. It is edited by Claudia Castello and Angela M. Catanzaro. Uh, casting was handled by Rene Haynes. Production design is Amelia Brooke and Cara Lindstrom. Its art direction is Kendall Elliott, Megan Fenton, Elisa Hill, and James Stewart. Costume design is Stephanie Portnoy Porter. Um, with makeup and all of that stuff. Walliza Amber, Chase Cardinal, Bonnie Ephraim, Macchio Gomioi, Anthony Groh, 
Kyra McPherson, Melissa Ramez, Jeff Redcap, Samantha J. Rumble, Joe D. Thompson, Sandra Valencia, and Barbara Zazabidia. Uh, and our cast. Well, Naru is played by Amber Mid Midfunder. Um, her brother, Tape, is played by Dakota Beavers. Um, you have Wazeb, played by Stormy Kit. Aruka, played by Michelle Frush. Chief Kehetu, by Julian Black Antelope. Samu, his wife, is played by Stephanie Mathias. Raphael, played by Bennett Taylor. Big Beard, played by Mike Pedersen. Waxed Moustache, played by Nelson Lies. Then these are, I guess these are the names she gave to the Dutch, right? Uh, Rupi, played by Timon Carter. Tabu, played by Sky uh, Pelita. Itzy, played by Harlan Blayen Kayahata. Um, Parker, played by Corbin Mack. Pui, played by Samuel Marty. Um, yeah, I would say probably they're our main ones. The Predator himself is played by Dane DiLegio. So, yeah. Now, the gist of the film is this. Right, the newest entry in the Predator franchise. 20th Century Studios, Prey is an all-new action thriller set in the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. It is the story of a young woman, Naru, a fierce and highly skilled warrior who has been raised in the shadow of some of the most legendary hunters who roam the Great Plains. So when danger threatens her camp, she sets out to protect her people. The prey she stalks and ultimately confronts turns out to be a highly evolved alien predator with a technological technically technic mm, he's got technology right <laughs> he's got an arsenal uh resulted in a vicious and terrifying showdown between the two adversaries yeah oh there you go i mean it is crazy Right, it is crazy. I will say that description does do it a little disservice, right? Because she wants to be, she's not a warrior, right? She wants to be a warrior, you know? And that's, this film is about that journey in a way, you know what I mean? So, yeah, she's, she, you know, she's trying to prove herself to become a warrior. She sees something in the sky, right? We know it, we know it's a predator ship. She has no clue. She sees this thing and she thinks, oh, this is a sign, right? This is something that's telling me I'm about to become a warrior. So there's a big lion. A lion has attacked the camp, a brother and 
other warriors go out to hunt it. She follows, and she's like, I want to be a part of this. But here's the thing, right? There's, there's moments in this film where she's in a position to do something, and she falters. You know what I mean? She falters, right? But what is... I enjoyed the fact that we got to see that learning curve here, right? We got to see the evolution of who she is. But she goes away and she practices with the tomahawk, right? We see her practicing. She does a thing with a rope, which very impressive. I don't know how much it would work. Right? Because I guess you have to figure out the, the weight of the thing and, you know, the talk and pull back and the spit, just all of these things. But who am I to call doubt to something like this? You know what I mean? But, yeah, so we see her practicing, doing all this training. She's got a trusty dog with her. And then, so, you know, she she keeps on wanting to prove herself, right? It's the Robert the Bruce thing. First, you don't succeed. Try, try, and try again. Right? So you gotta think, yo, I respect the fuck out of that. You know what I mean? I respect that. Right? So she's trying to be a warrior. That's what she wants. She's trying to be a warrior. And just the way this film unfolds, because it's just like there's a lot of, a lot of the guys, they're just like, Ugh. and her brother. It's a brother, right? So there's some teasing and all of that, but he's very measured in the approach, and they give her the opportunities and stuff like that. Now, we see, you know, the Dutch, right? We've got the, the, the Dutch um, hunters, right? They're involved, which then completely change the dynamic, right? So what you're watching, you're watching this thing, and you're like, oh, this is interesting. And then you throw, like, the, the Dutch into it. And it's like, oh, shit. This is now something else. Like, what the fuck? Where is this going? Right? How is this all going to be? And when you think of the first Predator film, you know, I guess with things like this, there is a fear of a retread. You know, but what it does do, it looks at the things that worked in the first Predator, right? So we don't see the Predator a lot. Don't see the Predator a lot. We get close-ups of the big fucking ants with the claws at the end. Right? We, we see all of this, like, cutting the fingers and just all of that. We have, like, maybe a close see the teeth and... Uh, so you get these glimpses and then especially with the camouflage and so some bits are camouflage, some bits aren't and it, all of this is building up the tension, you know what I mean? Building up the tension, which is frigging great. Now there are definitely more shots of the Predator, right? But nothing, nothing crazy clear, but it does does do a great job of like showing the size you know as we see footprints right but when you see like just the, the 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 size of this predator in comparison you just like oh fuck 
Kyo, and then some of this tech he uses. I know, like, yeah, a lot of it I don't think we've seen. Which is correct. Man, there was this crazy thing on the arm that kind of opened, like, this big, like, ah, some great shit. Some great shit. And the, the other joy of setting it in this is no one would have any clue of this tech, right? No one. So there's a great scene with the Dutch when um, this whole big thing goes down. And it's like, yeah, of course. Of course. Who would know, right? And it's just loads of just great things like that. You know what I mean? We've got, um, I think one like big thing they talk about with this film is that it's the first film with a Comanche um, ugh, audio track. I was like, oh, what's the word for talking? And audio? Yeah, it's got a Comanche audio track. And I think we do hear Comanche in the, you know, in the English language version, right? But yeah, so we hear Dutch, Comanche, it's uh, all these elements help blend, right? And give you the feel of it being set at this time. And it does feel like it's been set in this time. You know what I mean? So yeah, you're immersed in this whole thing. And one, I, one thing we know, you know, I mean, with, with the, the Native Americans and everything, that they're very in tune with nature, right? With the animals and all of this kind of stuff. So the movement and everything like that, you're like, oh, that makes sense, right? Being able to fight, like, it makes sense. So you get all of these things, all of this doubt. But then when it all comes together, god damn it, comes together, people, right? We have some really, really good fight scenes. Really good fight scenes. Some shit happens so fast, I just had to rewind it and be like, yo, what was that bit? What happened there? Yo. So it's engaging. It feels fresh. This really is the predator film we have been waiting so friggin long for people believe it this this really is uh, i i i highly highly recommend this film it's it's crazy man like so you think it's four years since the last predator feels like ages right to be honest i don't even remember the 2018 one I kind of remember the 2010. I don't remember the 2018. So it just feels like so long since we had a Predator film. And so long since we've had a good, you know what I mean? 87. A good fucking Predator film. So this. Boy. Although, you know what I mean? When some of the other franchises have stunk so much, it does mean that you could just be okay and your head's above, but this, people, is so much more than okay. This is fucking awesome. I, yeah, people, if you love, like, the idea of The Predator, you enjoyed that first film, you'll dig this. For sure, you will dig this, all right? So, Prey, it's now on Disney+. Plus. 
Go get you some. Okay, so we are coming to a close on another episode. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world. So, um, it would seem. We are getting some more kind of exorcism right? So, um, yeah, it's uh, again, right? It's a continuation at Blue House, Universal, and David Gordon Green is going to take the helm. Um, I think they're looking to try and do what he did with Harrogate. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. so with this film, we've got um, Andowd, right? Leslie Odom Jr. and Ellen Burnham. Okay. So, um, yeah, they're going to make a trilogy. You know what I mean? Gonna make a trilogy, people. Uh, and it's going to be a direct sequel, the first film to William Friedkin's original Exorcist. Right? So, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I guess it depends on what you mean, how much you love those films. Right? So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with
Lashana Lynch is going to be playing Rita Marley, right? Which is pretty fine. Kingsley Ben Adia is going to be playing, um, yeah, going to be playing Bob, and it is going to be directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. So, hey, heavy hitters on the piece. Green co-wrote it with Zach Phelan. Yeah. It's uh, from New York. This version is being written by Matthew Stukin, um, Josh Campbell, Aaron Creevy, and Brian Higgerland. So, uh, so we know they're making a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, right? They're releasing the same so reboot. It's gonna be over on Paramount, Paramount and Nickelodeon, animated, and now we know the type. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant being directed by Jeff Rowe and it's written by Brenton O'Brien. So, um, yeah, let's see what happens. This may be interesting. Right, so um, Danny Trigo is being cast as Ferdinand Magalan. Hmm. Interesting, right? Uh, we've also got Michael 
Starring Idris Elba, yeah, and it is an adaptation of a dark horse comic book, right? It's called um, Bang, and um, it says in the film, a terrorist cult sets out to start the apocalypse of a series of novels meant to brainwash their readers. Hmm. So, um Elba is gonna be playing a rapping about my Adidas and my chain who sent to track down the killings and everything. I want to support my city on the map. So the comic book was written by Matt Kent and Wilfredo Torres. So Kent writes the screenplay for the film along with Zach also people we found out recently that we're getting a Joker sequel. You know what I mean? From, um, uh, the 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 and, um, yeah, so Joaquin Phoenix, he's back, and Now, what's interesting is, um, Charlie Quinn is in the film, but Lady Gaga is going to be playing Harley Quinn in this, right? The film is being called Fully Adu, and it's set for the 4th of October 2024. So, um, yeah, there you go. I mean, interesting. But it's the problem with DC. Everything gets a lot of continuity. Like the Marvel people playing the leading role. Let's end with this. Okay, so we are getting a Roadhouse remake. Now, well, they're saying it's a remake. Now, there's been talk of this for a long last time. At some point, they rallied the version. That never happened. Right? 
Directed by Doug Lyman and written by Anthony Bagborosi and Charles Billy Magnuson, Daniela Mcdonnell, um, Lucas Gage, Anna Love, Lania, Travis Van Cannon, Arturo Castro. Uh, Dominique Columbus, Bob So they're saying um, the new eight follows a former UFC fighter, that's who Jake Dillon, who takes a job as a bouncer at a rough and tumble roadhouse in the Florida Keys. He soon discovers that not everything is what it seems in this tropical paradise. Oh well, yeah, we will see what happens with that, people, right? Okay, so we are done for part one. But remember to come back for part two because this is a banger. All right, until then, people. Peace.